What's going on, everybody? Yours truly here, Dan Go, hanging out with Macho Man Maddie Savage. And tonight, we're going to be going through December 9, 2020, AEW Dynamite. But first, got to make sure you catch us at Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, as we will be posting all of our social media accounts on it. Um, again, AEW Dynamite, Matt, Macho Man Maddie Savage. What do we got, brother? We got a lot going on here, man. Uh, my overall thoughts on this show, I mean, uh, we're going to get—we're do what we usually do. We're going to go through the recap. We're going to talk two hours in about 10, 15 minutes. That's just how we do these recaps. We save everybody the time and the patience. Just listen to us because we'll break it down. We'll let you know exactly how it goes. So let's talk AEW Dynamite. Let's talk December 9th. Kicking off the show, the Young Bucks versus the Hybrid 2. Dan, what would you think of this one? This is a uh, show starter. To me, this one was a great start to AEW Dynamite. Now, the Young Bucks, man, they just always elevate their wrestling game. Um, there's always something new to watch, even in TV show matches. It's, you feel like it's pay-per-view quality every time. Um, I got to go with the Young Bucks being such great performers, and they actually showed it last night, uh, December 9th. Um, the way some of the spots that they had, it was truly incredible. And it was the hybrid two. Yes. They, that, I'm going to just touch on one thing because it really set the whole match off for me. Um, they used the referee's knee to jump off of and land a Hurricane Rana on one of the Young Bucks. I can't think of the name right now. But to me, yeah, they Hey, incredible. <laughs> I mean, my, my opinion on this match, all right. I mean, we everybody knew the Bucks were going to win this one. They've got they, – they're, they're really teasing the the acclaimed who have, are not part of AEW as being the next contenders against the Young Bucks. And you know what? I ain't mad at that because that's just like AEW's version of the Street Profits. Uh, if yep. you recall on – I believe it was last week's episode. If not, it was the week before where they, they, they got a wrap backstage and I, it was last week yeah uh, i'm intrigued with them AEW, obviously the tag team wrestling is it's gonna be great it's a staple in this company there one of the things they really want to make sure you know is that tag team wrestling is alive something that wwe seems to have forgotten at times clearly um but the bucks obviously we're gonna get the win here i'm not all too thrilled with the hybrid two as a team myself i mean They've never really been showcased. They don't have my interest at this point. But you know who does, Dan Go? Who's got it, baby? It's Sting. Right, he does. How about that segue right there, Dan? Man. Sting was next. Tony Schiavone in the ring with Cody Rhodes on Anderson to talk about Sting. And out comes Sting, right? Arn Anderson gets on the mic, pretty much says, I – I don't got anything else to say right now. And um, it very weird, I guess. I mean, I know they have a history, but he just leaves the ring. Tony Schiavone just gives the ring to Sting. And Cody, being Cody Rhodes, stays in the ring. And Sting, of course, I mean, he crushed this promo, I think. He left a lot of questions on the table still whether or not he's going to be wrestling, whether or not he's going to be there every week. I mean, the questions are still out there. But 
I think it was a very well put together promo where he engaged with the crowd, which, hey, man, I know it's a limited crowd, but it's sounding pretty good for what they've got. Even though a lot of it's coming from the piped in uh, wrestlers around the outside. But, man, it's coming off natural. It sounds good. Sting crushed it. He left a lot on the table. And to me, I'm not mad at that because it keeps me wondering what's going to happen next. Yeah. To me, having Sting go out there and being so dominant on the microphone, but being very vague at the same time, it was perfectly executed. Um, The fact that Cody, the guy, and he said, I want you. And Sting was like, not today, little guy. Yeah, yeah. And then then the shift, and then the attention got shifted to Darby Allen. So that was, that blew my mind. I was thinking, what the hell is Sting doing with Darby Allen? But, hey, who am I? Um, This is why we watch, right? Why we watch. Is he, is he trying to manage Darby Allen? Like, is he trying to wrestle Darby Allen? I mean, we don't know. This is why we watch. And Sting has grabbed our attention, man. And, and we can be more, more vague on that microphone. It was perfect. It left everybody wondering because the whole thing was last week leading up to AEW Dynamite last night, December 9th, is it was we're going to find out all the answers. <laughs> well, we didn't. We just nope. have more questions and i think that's the beauty of sting right now in the company it's we need i'm gonna keep watching because i don't know what the hell's going on (laughs) how about how about the way he closed out with cody though see you around kid yeah good god that was polarizing it was perfect and just so if people miss it on twitter again at underscore smack talk on twitter uh we do retweet it because it was so good cody actually replied uh he didn't reply cody just threw a tweet out there quote unquote kid i took it as i'm not a kid anymore i'm coming yeah it was it they're playing wrestling and they're playing social media perfectly they're putting it together and they're making it work now i'm gonna throw a little wwe reference here they are making Twitter work with AEW like Becky Lynch did with Twitter against Ronda Rousey. Oh. She way of putting so much attention that you wanted, you had to buy. You had to buy the pay-per-view to watch her and Ronda Rousey. This is what it's becoming. And I really do think Cody Rhodes is taking a page out of Becky Lynch's book. I gave her Got, got to take it and run with it at this point. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the age of social media. And you know what? It works. It gets people interested. gets the people going. gets the people going. <laughs> so we got FTR versus the Varsity Blondes after that. I'm not going to lie to you, Dan. I didn't really catch this. I, I was kind of flipping back and forth at this point. I knew, the, again, this is going to be a revival dub. I'm not sure if you really have anything to add on this, if we could just keep on rolling. Uh, one thing that I will add, just real quick, uh, FTR, they obviously got the dub, um, but it was a hard-hitting match. It was like a a red, a roughneck match, if you will. It was a lot of potatoes being thrown over there. <laughs> Good Lord. That's <laughs> Dan, again, like I mentioned, I, I was kind of switching off at this point of the show, and I apparently may have missed this 
Shaquille O'Neal interview. Can, can you bring me to light on what happened there? Well, epic. So I will be doing a recap within a recap. So we have Shaq. Um, it was a great setup. We had Shaq, Tony Schiavone, and Brandy, Brandy Road, uh, like literally six feet away from each other. Tony Schiavone was just there mo moderating, but he had a cup of water in his hand because we all know you got to interview in case you get thirsty. Uh, basically, Shaq just told the entire AEW universe, like, yo, that was just Shaq being Shaq. That's how I kid around. But you know that's not really how Shaq kids around. We, we, we watched NBA on TNT. We know how he actually kids around. Um, but one funny thing was, uh, so right toward the end of the interview, Brandy gets up. She says, don't disrespect me. I'll fight for my family, blah, blah, blah. Shaq goes, got to watch out for Jade. That pretty much in a, in a pretty much is the, the gist of it is that's my chick. Um, hmm. So intriguing, I guess. Yeah. So at that point, <clears throat> Brandy took Tony Schiavone's water, hooked up Shaq with a, a nice water, uh, <laughs> a nice little splash of water to the face. Give Obviously, that does on TNT. He just <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's how that's it ended. It. Did, did he even talk about Cody Rhodes and nothing? Uh, yeah, he was mentioned. He was just basically mentioning like, "Hey, man, that's just who I am. That's how I joke around. No disrespect. I love Cody. I love Dustin. You know, they're my boys. Blah blah blah. That's yeah. just right. So it was like, guess we gotta tune in next week to see what happens next. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so then follow. Well, then, then we got some Dustin Rhodes. I know you just mentioned Dustin Rhodes. He took on number ten from the Dark Order. And he picked up the win with a running bulldog. And, man, I know he's up there in age. He can obviously still go. But the, my, my big gripe with this is what happened after the match. Evil Uno came down, tried to recruit Dustin to the Dark Order. Uh, he gets slapped in the face. The Dark Order was, has been trying to recruit Adam Hangman Page. And he's going to actually team up with the Dark Order next week against uh, Private Party and Matt Hardy. Man, the Dark Order to me is just falling off. And it's simply for the simple fact that Brody Lee is nowhere to be seen. Yeah, man. I was just going to say that Brody Lee is obviously the anchor of, that, uh, of the Dark Order. Um, the Dark Order literally, I don't know what's worse, Retribution or the Dark Order. Because without Brody Lee, Damn. we're be the same it's okay. going it's just jobbing and which is cool but the dark order really had some steam behind it when Brody lee was being Brody lee so yeah. man needed a, a world title picture he was the tnt champion and i i haven't read anything up on where he's at right now i mean maybe insider ba can bring us a light on some of that at underscore insider ba on twitter if you haven't followed him already make sure you do that um but Brody lee <clears throat> he's, got, he's got to come back to just boost this team up because right now that's a great comparison that you made there, comparing them to Retribution. But if you had to put me on the spot and ask me which one's worse, at this point in time, I'm going with Retribution because that shit's just goofy. Oh, my God. It, there's just no direction for those poor guys. And you, you can tell that Ali wants – he's putting it all – but there is no setup for success for them. Like, they, mm. well, what's next? 
What's next? I'll tell you what's next. The inner circle. The inner circle's ultimatum came next. This is basically, Chris Jericho says, y'all got to get your shit together because if not, this is it. This is the end of the inner circle. The greatest faction of all time. Damn right. And end all be all, they're still together. And Dan Go, I know you remember our podcast last week where I said they were sticking together. You said they weren't. Right. And I guess I, I guess you can chalk up a dub for me on that one. Yeah. Man, it's it didn't really solve anything at the end of the day. I mean, MJF and Sammy Guevara, they still hate each other. Wardlow and Jake Hager, they still hate each other. Santana and Ortiz, only one of them was there. I, I, I know Jericho is still trying to keep the peace, but this team, unfortunately, is getting to its end. And I don't know how much longer they're going to keep trying to push this. Sammy Guevara made it queer. Uh, queer made it clear to Chris Jericho that if this happens again, where MJF fucks anything up, I'm out. So yeah. I think it's, it's only a matter of time at this point, unfortunately, but at least this would lead to a Chris Jericho baby face run, I think. Yeah. So what really gets me, what really sold me on the inner circles promo, uh, a segment, I should say, um, they did it with, little bit bits and pieces of comedy but like some serious you can tell all those guys in the ring are literally just out there having a blast um when you had uh what's his name wardlow and jk when they really looked at each other and said he's looking at me <laughs> like that's i die <laughs> hey I'm, I'm not an actor by any means but shit if i was in that position how do you not laugh <laughs> I I know I have no idea. I would have looked across the ring at if it was you, I'd be like, "Look at this motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> and I'd laugh just like that. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I I do appreciate what may be stemming off this is um, Sammy Guevara's push. Um, I think he's earned it. He's a great wrestler. He's come a long way from the guy with the panda on his head. Um, I'm glad that he made it the way he. Is. I'm glad where he is where he is. Um, the fact that he got into MJF's face and then got into Chris Jericho's face with that ultimatum, mm. I thought, wow, that's a nice little step. That's a nice little detail to add there, yep. but still trying to keep everything together. I don't hate it. Yeah. We'll see oh. what happens. Well, we'll see what happens next week in their little, uh, drama saga going on over there. Uh, yes. That's why we watch. This is why we watch baby. One thing Rose. Go ahead. For Chris Jericho's entrance music. December 9th, 2020 was the first time that I've noticed that the crowd did the chorus two times. They did oh. not finish They kept it going one more time, which I thought, wow, they, they're great. The crowd is great. The song's great. You gotta Pops love it. it. You gotta love it. But you know what I didn't really love? And it kind of drew my attention away from the show. Lucha Bros and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston, The Butcher and The Blade. And it's not that I'm not intrigued by this, but I just, it just wasn't hitting it for me. I mean, Lance Archer, since when is he, is he, is he a baby face now with Jake yeah. Roberts? I'm not really sure what's going on there. It seems that way anyway. Um, yeah. Eddie, Eddie like, Kingston is clearly the bad guy with the butcher and the blade and the bunny. The bunny. <laughs> that Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn Jezebel. Uh, I want 
much on this one because the 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 tag team match, even though it was a good match, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna say it was a great match. I am going to say uh, it just looked like a filler match. Like I didn't need Lance Archer to be in this. I just don't see why he fits in it. Mm, not my style. He's got bad blood, I guess, with Eddie Kingston. I mean, eh, it's all right. It was. It was. I'm okay with it. I mean, it was weird how at the end he just. Archer came in the ring and just destroyed everybody. I mean, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll see what happens next week. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is why we watch. Real quick, Abaddon versus Tesha Price. Uh, without a doubt, we knew Abaddon was going to get the win here in dominant fa- fashion. What I do want to mention is the fact that out comes Hikaru Shida with the kendo stick, Yo. blasts her in the head, knocks her out. And <laughs> at that moment, I was watching, and I said, "This, I think this is going to happen. I don't, did you feel that way? Did you feel like oh. she was going to sit up like The Undertaker? Because I, I did. She laid down, and I said, that's, that's got to be, that's got to be Kane. <laughs> I just didn't know if she was going to, you know, just prop right back up, right up to her feet, or if she was going to try to sit up like The Undertaker, and damn it. Damn it. She nailed it. She nailed damn. it. Abaddon, Hikaru Shida, whenever that match is going to happen, Wow. Count me in. It, 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 it's a good feud right now to me. He took that candlestick straight off the forehead, bro. No. <laughs> that thing. That thing. <laughs> but I will tell you, uh, I'm going to have to give Abaddon some credit here. She fell right on her back. She took that bump. It couldn't be any more perfect. The way she fell, it was just beautifully done. One little thing that I did notice, which, man, I've been watching wrestling way too long. She fell down like Undertaker slash Kane, but she has her own little style to it where her hands weren't like down by her side. They were kind of like out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a nice little, hey, I'm different. And then she sat up, looked scary as hell. I, 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 I'm, in, I'm in. I'm in. All right. All right. Well, this, that, it's going to be interesting where they're going. I, I don't know if they're going to take the title off of Hikaru Shida, but – We'll see. Hey, not a bad way to lose it to. Not a bad person to lose it to. But, man, let me tell you what I did see. I saw Kenny Omega. I saw him speak for the first time as a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. And, man, just the way he came out with Don Callis, he came out and he looked the part of a champion. He is playing man. the role spectacularly. And, man, I've been – I've been dogging on Don Callis since he showed up last week. I made it clear last week that I thought it was kind of weird, but gave that guy, they gave the guy the mic and he cut an absolutely phenomenal promo to, yeah. to kick off the fact to explain why he is with Kenny Omega. And now I'm all in on Don Callis too. bring him, bring him oh. every week. Man, who knew a general manager of Impact Wrestling would be a manager of a wrestler? That's great. Uh, they both fed off each other's energy last night. Um, Kenny Omega, man. I'm so happy that we get to actually fall, fall, get back. I, I can't explain it because it's the first time like a lot of us, including myself, have heard Kenny Omega speak as a singles competitor champion so like bring in the heat and it's been 
fucking one week. It's great. <laughs> he, he became champion, and what does that mean? He goes to a different promotion, throws out a damn prom promo segment, and he comes into the promotion he had the belt on. He literally is going to have every belt for every company, and yeah. I'm not mad about it. No. Mega no. is a superstar to do so. So I'm going to be honest with you. I, I knew of Kenny Omega before AEW. I definitely wasn't the guy who woke up at 3 a.m. in the morning to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's not my, not my style. Um, so it's like I'm learning all of Kenny Omega's stuff again. Like, this is great. And now that he's, in my opinion, this is the exact champion that I needed him to be. Um, I couldn't have him not be a heel heavyweight champion. And he's run with it, Kenny. You're killing it, bro. Hey, it's only been one week so far, so I'm I am intrigued as all hell as to where his title run is going to go alongside what looks to be Don Callis as his manager going forward. So that's going to be good. Yeah, it is. You think? Let me ask you a question. I just I just came out of my it came out of my mind. I gotta say, right from the hip, baby. Right from the hip, baby. We got Kenny Omega, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. So, do you think he's going to be Kenny Omega champ champ, AEW champion slash impact heavyweight champion. Honestly, my response to that is I don't care for the simple fact that I don't give a shit about impact wrestling. Yo, impact wrestling. Hard <laughs> watch. And I'm sorry. I know that they went bananas trending worldwide, man. Kenny Omega, you must, Impact Wrestling better cut a check to Kenny Omega making that thing because I watched it. Oh, shit. I watched it on Tuesday, and I just couldn't make it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that company, I mean, I, I know they've had a better year this year from the things I've read, but I just could give two shits. I mean, Kenny Omega is going to thrive as the AEW World Heavyweight Champion going forward, and that is what I'm looking forward to, not him making appearances on Impact Wrestling because I'm not right. going to watch it. You're right. You're right. And and just to let you know, like there are people out there that, including myself, I didn't do a recap of Kenny Omega at Impact Wrestling. I didn't. I saw a meme of him sitting in the in the in the uh, RV, but I didn't watch the video. I didn't watch the I didn't watch the interview. And I have no. I, there's nothing no like hey, you got to watch it. Nope. All right. Hey. Now we're going to talk the main event. MJF, Orange Cassidy, the diamond rang. Diamond are forever, dude. And <clears throat> the way they sold this, though, from the promos cut earlier in the night was that MJF was putting his diamond ring on the line, I guess. He didn't actually get a second one here. Oops, I just spoiled it. MJF gets the win. <laughs> a good match between the two. Uh, Inner Circle was out there in support of MJF. Because, again, the ultimatum was, we're good again. It's all good for now. Yep. But <clears throat> the, the real telling story here is Miro. Miro is the reason why o, uh, Orange Cassidy lost the match. And, listen, I'm going to put it this way. I'm totally on board with the push for Miro, and I'll talk a little further on that after I get your, your thoughts, Dango. But the one thing about AEW that – has separated them from WWE is having the matches end clean. And to see a main event 
of this caliber, I mean, it, granted, it wasn't for a championship at all. It was for a diamond ring. It was still for something. But to have it end screwy like that, ah, I get it. It's business. You got to do what you got to do. I'm just saying they've tried to separate themselves from WWE in that aspect, but you just played the WWE trick right there to make it work. And, hey, it worked because Miro looked strong as all hell to close out that show. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like you're going to see – we're going to see more a, uh, WWE tricks because I think that they, sh- they need to start building some people as bad guys again. I mean – They are the bar, man. That- Shout out to Sheamus and Cesaro. The bar. WWE baby. is the bar. Yeah. And what people don't understand is – because WWE has been in business for so long that literally AEW can be better than WWE because they're using WWE as a blueprint. Mm. That's the facts, man. You're using a company that's been in business for 30 plus years and you're just copying, but you're putting your own twist on it, which I am not mad about. We want this. WWE can do it. They just don't put the twist that we need it to have. Right. That guy. That finish with Miro, I thought it was great because Miro, I just love seeing Miro out there just being strong as hell. I just didn't, I, I really wanted MJF to win that clean because uh, if you did listen to our podcast last week, I did have him winning, just saying. Yeah, I guess, I guess we're even on both of our little bets <laughs> last week. It's all uh, about baby. That's right. It's all about the diamond ring, baby. So give, give me a letter grade for AEW Dynamite December 9th. Um, so... I might shock a lot, a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to go with a C plus and I'm going low. And the only reason why I'm going that low is because you built it something so beast last week as winter is coming episode. We got to figure out how we can transition winter is coming episode of AEW Dynamite to regular AEW Dynamite. Mm. <laughs> like I didn't, the drop off. I know we're gonna get 1.1 million viewers last week, and we're probably gonna get like 600,000 this week. Mm, true. That's that's a good point. I'm gonna give it a B minus. Definitely not even close to last week's episode. Winter is coming, but it did have its its highlights. I mean, great tag team wrestling as always. Whether I did was catching on at that point or not, but Sting was there. Kenny Omega was there. I mean, the the, the stories they told were still well put together. So. To me, still staying with a B. It was better than uh, the most recent episode of Raw. 100%. So, for me, putting this episode behind us, we we have a good setup for next week. Um, We got a lot of things that we got to get answered, a lot of questions that are possibly going to get answered. Hopefully, we see Sting again next week. But that's next week. Got to make sure you follow us on Spotify. Make sure you get those notifications turned on on our Instagram, our Facebook. Just, just talk wrestling, guys. It's simple, baby. Thank you so much for following along with us. We appreciate you. Peace. Peace.